the powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone. This is Patricia Raskin. Welcome to Positive Living. You know, it's always such an honor and pleasure to be with you each week and to present to you such amazing guests. I mean, the purpose of Positive Living is to help you gain practical strategies and positive principles to help you really live the kind of life that you want to live. And today is no exception. Uh, I've been doing this program now. I'm in year number five. I really felt that the Internet was the future, and that's why I joined Voice America. And I think they're a leader in the field of bringing educational programming to us, as I said, to help us improve the quality of our lives. My guest today is Dr. Stephen L. DeFelice. He's an MD. He wears several hats, but I'm going to tell you about the novel he wrote. He has a new book called He Made Them Young Again. And um, welcome, Dr. DeFelice. Good afternoon. Uh, Good morning. Good. Uh, Dr. DeFelice is a well-respected physician and medical authority who has made some significant medical discoveries. And you can log on to FIMDeFelice.org. And he's a uniquely qualified author due to his long and extensive experience, which began, began in 1965 in researching the possibility of reversing some aspects of the aging process. He has a theory on how to do this and is now planning to launch a clinical study to determine whether it will work. So, and when you wrote He Made Them Young Again, it's because you truly believe that age reversal treatment, unlike slowing it down, is soon to become and we need to understand what will happen. Okay, yes. tell us tell us about this and about sort of your your hat in the in the nonfiction world. <laughs> Boy, it's a long story, but basically, getting to the, the the question, we don't know what aging is, and so to say we're going to reverse the aging process uh, uh, right now, we don't know what it is, so we we can't say how we're going to do that. But we can say when you look at the aging person, what do you see? I'm 70. You sound like you're 35, so you're not on your way to the... Well, thank you, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if you look at an aging person, uh, what do you see? It's tough to define, but uh, you see it. And I remember in 1965, I was, I was looking at some old folks getting up from the chair. They could hardly get up, and I was interested in aging then, and I said, well, what, is, what do I see? What do you see out there? And what do you see is the lack of energy. Their minds slow up and their bodies slow up. Muscle mass decreases, cardiac function decreases, mental acuity decreases. So it struck me as that, look, this is an energy phenomenon. Cells are disappearing, and there's a lack of energy out there, both in the mind and in the body. So then I said to myself, okay, how can we get energy back into the cells? And that sounds simple. Mm -hmm. No one has done it (laughs) to this day. And it struck me about... Eight or nine months ago, aha! It's not my major thrust in life. I've been thinking about this on and off. I've done lots of other clinical research with the substances, but it struck me about eight and, uh, nine months ago. I said, "Ah, this is how to do it, and how to maybe how to do it." I'm not sure. Sure. And if you look, for example, most people are taking dietary supplements today. 
mm-hmm. uh, that produce energy in cells. You know, the carnitines in my discovery, the magnesiums, the CoQ10s, and the antioxidants indirectly do. They're highly overrated antioxidants. But uh, that's another story. Uh, and so we put them all together, and people are taking these, these things. Why aren't they becoming young again? Because that's how you get cells to uh, produce more energy by using these substances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the answer is uh, the cells don't want them. It dawned on me, because of my extensive experience with carnitine magnesium, that if I give you carnitine, which is now in your heart, it's in every cell of your body, and what's it doing there? It's driving fats into, into uh, or they're called organelles, the furnaces of the cells, they're called mitochondria. Mm-hmm. And in the mitochondria, that's where sugar, fat, and proteins are burned or metabolized to produce energy. But they have to get there. Mm-hmm. So you need insulin to, to take sugar into the cell to get to the mitochondria. And you need carnitine to take fats into the cell to get to the mitochondria. Now, your heart right now, your heart is using fats, not sugar. Most people don't know that. Because high energy requiring tissue requires a lot of fuel. Fat has much more energy in it than sugar. So carnitine now is driving fatty acids into your mitochondria to produce energy. So therefore, if I, and I've been taking carnitine now since about 1970. I'm really 100 years old, but no, no, only kidding. But bottom line is the, uh, it, 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 it doesn't really work on normal cells. Okay, so wait, I want to go back because I want to clarify a little bit. So you're telling me that although we take a lot of things that we deem anti-aging, you're saying that our cells really don't want this material. Right. So is it rejecting it? And if it is, then are we wasting our time, I guess is my question. Well, look, I'm pro, I coined a term called nutraceutical, which is now in the Oxford Dictionary and Webster's and everything, and and bottom line, I'm saying dietary supplements hold a lot of promise. I'm all mm-hmm. for them. The problem is when you take them into your body, vitamin C for the cold, for example, everybody took it. It doesn't work. Okay, The cell doesn't want it. Beta carotene for lung cancer. Cells don't want them. Uh, they reject them. They were supposed to work. Beta carotene was supposed it did not, so on and so forth. And uh, I said to myself, okay, well, What's out there that really works? Now, if you go to the literature, I look at clinical studies. I'm different than most of the gurus. I look, what do clinical studies tell me that are mm-hmm. good clinical studies? Right, not and what do they tell you? Not much works. <laughs> I hate to say it because I well, don't want to say you, it unless I, I, you need it. In, okay, in other words, go ahead. can I ask you about something that I've read about, and that's this whole controversy of human growth hormone? Well, here's the thing. Well, now you get into my theory. Uh, what I'm saying is that, you know, they have to work. You know, these things, but the cells say, okay, we'll take so much. We put a limit on it, okay? Unless you have scurvy. If you have scurvy, lack of vitamin C, your body will take it right up, mm-hmm. okay? If you don't have scurvy, your body, you know, rejects the vitamin C. Very little few studies have shown vitamin C does anything. It's all theory in animals and laboratory tests. And no doubt I'm impressed with the theory, but it doesn't work in people. And What's here's where we get solution? to your growth hormone thing. All right, we need solutions, Dr. DeFelice, because this is positive living. <laughs> so give us some hope and some good solutions here. Well, there, oh, you get in the complicated area. There, I'm not saying they don't work. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the clinical studies in which they've been done, the good ones, very few dietary supplements have been shown, and diets, particularly diets, have been shown to really benefit the patient or the non-patient. 
because they're designed improperly. That's because it's more complicated than you think. If something's an antioxidant, everybody says it's an antioxidant, it's good. Who says? I haven't read anywhere that says antioxidants are good for people. Some are good, some are bad, some we, we, most of them we don't know. In other words, antioxidants are the free radicals in the body. They're very critical for body function. There are signals, signalers. They send out signals. For example, when you get an infection, okay, particularly the old-timers, they have to mobilize their white cells to move toward the bug, towards the virus, towards the bacteria. They single them. These are called oxidants. Okay? Now, if you give an antioxidant, it might prevent those white blood cells from going to the bugs, to the viruses, mm -hmm. to the bacteria. Now, we have a phenomenon going on in America. Since people have been taking dietary supplements and antioxidants, where people in hospital, particularly old-timers or people with cancer with compromised immune systems, they go to surgery, you know, they're in good shape. They come out of surgery, good shape, and suddenly they get infections of the bloodstream called septic shock, mm -hmm. and they die. And about a third okay. of See, what I'm saying that these people may be taking antioxidants. We, we should do a study. All right. So here's what I would like to do, because as I said to you before, the show is really positive living. What are some of the things you'd like to impart to our audience about living, you know, about longevity, about anti-aging? What are things that you think we can well, do? Well, here's the good news. That's what I need positive? to hear. We're going to get the reversal of the aging process or the manifestations of it. We're going to get that within 10 years. Okay. And how are we going to do that? Well, I'm, I'm starting number one. I'm the number one starter, and I'll tell you why. But number two, here's negative. Slowing it down is going to take a heck of a long time. So let's go to age reversal and forget about slowing it down. Uh, because it's so much work to do, and it could be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Now, what we have to do is get energy back into cells. We have to make cells live. Okay. Okay, and the way to do it is to give them energy, one way or another, directly, indirectly. Now, the way I figure to do it is to, and that's doable. With our technology now, it's doable. Unfortunately, we have the FDA and people blocking clinical research, but making it cost too much. But here's, here's what I'm going to do, okay? Now, I want to get those dietary supplements, those carnitines, magnesiums, CoQ10. I want to give them to people in a way that makes sense. That's another complicated issue. But there's a way to give them, not the same doses every day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then what you have to do is to go to the aging cells and say, hey, you, I want you to accept these things. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to reject them. So how do you do this? And this would dawned on me about, about less than a year ago that in 1991, in the New England Journal of Medicine, there's a study published by Dr. Rudman showing he gave growth hormone to people, mm -hmm. old-timers. And what happens, he reversed the fat and muscle ratio. Now, as you get older, you get more fat and less muscle in proportion. In proportion, you have more fat and less muscle because most of your, your dietary energy goes into fat, the nutrients, not into muscle because your muscle is shrinking. So he showed that you can reverse that. That was the first time you can get an aging cells in a human being and show something can be done that, mm -hmm. that apparently seems good. And that got me excited. It got very few, you know, and I got some, the underworld in medicine excited, the gurus excited, not the legitimate medical community, which still isn't excited. It's kind of slow, you know. Mm -hmm. then, so I, then there were subsequent studies with growth hormone. This sort of confirmed that study. And so, therefore, I said to myself, aha, growth 
hormone is stimulating these cells, which they, when a cell is stimulated, it needs energy. In other words, create the need. That's A, growth hormone. B, testosterone, or male hormone, is much more impressive than growth hormone, by the way. What that does to muscle cells, for example, I'm losing muscle cells now, and the ones that I have are shrinking. Okay, My muscle mass is decreasing. What testosterone does, it increases muscle mass by, A, creating new muscle cells, which probably come from stem cells that we don't see in the muscles, but they're there somehow. Uh, new muscle cells, plus the ones that we have, grow back to normal. They get larger. They swell up. Ah, I said, well, there, that's energy-requiring tissue. They need energy. It's like scurvy. You need vitamin C. You stimulate a cell, it needs energy. So I said, hey, if we put them both together, growth hormone and testosterone, which has been done on a limited basis, and then give these energy-producing nutrients or nutraceuticals, then we can really uh, have a good crack at it, good mm-hmm. crack at getting energy back in all kinds of ages. You know. All right, we're going to have to take a break. And when we come back, we are talking to Dr. Stephen DeFelice. And we're talking about anti-aging, and we're talking about the aging process and turning back the hands of time if that is really possible. Dr. DeFelice is a well-respected physician and medical authority who's made some significant medical discoveries. And he's written a novel, and we're going to talk about that next, called He Made Them Young Again, about an idealistic young medical doctor inspired by a radical colleague who decides that the biological hands of time can be scientifically reversed in the elderly, making them young again. So we're going to talk about that some more. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We are on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific, and you can call us at 872-5788. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength. And the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. Tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental game with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveras Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveras, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveras Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveras Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveras Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveras Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. 
Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Hi everyone, we are back. And you are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. We have a great show for you today. Very interesting program. We're talking about reversing the aging process, and can we really do that? My guest is Dr. Stephen L. DeFelice, MD, a well-respected physician and medical authority who has made some significant medical discoveries. You can log on to F-I-N-D-E-F-E-L-I-C-E D-E-F-E-L-I-C-E, dot org. Dr. DeFelice is a uniquely qualified author due to his long and extensive experience, which began in 1965 in researching the possibility of reversing some of the aspects of the aging process. And his book, which is a novel, is He Made Them Young Again, which is Turning Back the Hands of Time. Welcome back, Dr. DeFelice. All right, talk about your novel. Talk about the premise of it and how it kind of mocks the real-life story. Well, the, the reason why I wrote it, I wrote it before I came up with my theory. Uh, I I know, I know, because certitude is for fools, but I, I'm pretty sure within the next decade uh, we're going to have a therapy, a regimen. It's not going to be a single agent. It's going to be a combination of pharmaceuticals and nutraceuticals, dietary supplements, that will reverse the muscle and the body aging process and the, uh, the mental aging process. It'll take it back. It's not going to take it back to puberty. If you're 50, it'll take you back to 35. I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to have that kind of therapy out there. And since I believe this is going to happen, and since I'm going forward with it in my own way, but, but uh, I decided to write a book and say, hey, a novel about uh, a young doctor who has an idea how to reverse the aging process, and he goes through hell. He goes through the, you know, mm-hmm. trying. The FDA gets involved. The Congress gets involved. Everybody tries to beat him up. But more important is that what happens to the people when they become young again? And it ain't all peaches and cream. In other words, if I were to ask you, for example, or any of your listeners, uh, you're, you're about age 35, I can tell by your yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so if you were to go back to age 20, let's say, and you're still 35, or your wisdom, uh, and, uh, or if you were 50 and went back to... 35, or if you're 90, went back, let's say, to 75. Uh, and if you're married and, you're, and your husband doesn't want to take it and you take it, or you, you don't want to take it and he takes it, so he becomes younger again, you become older. That's going to happen. What What's going to happen to you? Think about this. Most people say, well, I love it. Yeah? <laughs> Think about it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, not if everybody, the whole world takes it, or only a couple people take it, you know, maybe 10% will take it. Uh, you know. It's a very, very complicated psychological situation, beside the social impact, because what's 
going to happen if people become younger again? Will they stay young for how long? If they do, what's going to happen to the population? Who's going to feed them? Uh, what's going to happen to relationships? Let me give you one example. Uh, uh, there's a guy who's 90 years old, and he takes, uh, he decides to take it. He's falling apart. He lives on the west side of New York City. He walks up the steps to his apartment. Uh, he's losing his sight. He's no muscle mass. He can't walk to the Thai restaurants on the west side anymore. And he takes the stuff, and he's starting feeling good. He's got his muscle mass is coming back. His eyesight is coming back. He can see better. Macular degeneration is decreasing. He's in good shape. Good shape, right? Relatively good shape. So he can go up and down the steps. Uh, then he goes out in the world. He has no friends. He has no family. He's 90. All his family's dead. Well, the ones that are around are distant. All his friends are gone. And he has to make new... He has, he's lonely. Now he's, he's more lonely than he was when he was sick because now he's active. And he has no... He can't fulfill those moments those energy moments that he has, and it's hell, and, and it's not, and I can describe what happens to him, and it's very complex, and then there's a uh, husband and wife, you know, the husband's falling apart, and he's having problems, the wife's in good shape, they're in the 70s, and he, he decides to take it, she says, no, I'm not going to interfere with God's way, this, you don't interfere with nature, this is you know, not uncommon mentality, uh, I'm worried about it, it may be dangerous, which is a reasonable you know, supposition. So he takes it, and she doesn't. What happens? He's getting younger, feeling his Cheerios, mm-hmm. and she's getting older, and it's creating problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most interesting one I wrote is about... It sounds like it's creating social problems more than anything else, because what you're saying is that you're, you know, you may feel and, and, and look younger, but you're still getting older. Is that what you're talking about? You're talking about kind of social problems? Well, you, 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 no, no, yes, social problems. In other words... You, your mindset, you have more energy in your mind. You want to do more. You want to go right. out and you want to dance. Okay? Right. When you're 70, you don't want to dance. You still can dance when you're 55. Mm-hmm. Follow me? So you, 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 you go back to youthful pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, this thing may take you back 20 years. It may yeah. take a 90-year-old back 20 years and 20-year-old back 15 years, you know, depending on the biology. Which means you'd have to hang out with people 20 years younger. Well, would you? In other words, you have wisdom. You have your wit. Now you have your energy, your mental acuity, but then you have your wisdom. Your tastes are older. Mm-hmm. So think about this. You okay, don't well, want to hang minute, out with twenty-year-olds. Here, here's my question. When you say that, here's what I think of. What about? And I'm thinking of men in particular who are in their sixties and seventies and marry women that are thirty or forty years younger, and then right. have families. I mean, and so that is a whole different, I mean, that's a whole different social structure where they are in that younger social set in a way. Right. right. What's your feeling about that? Well, let me give you a scene, the most interesting thing I wrote about. It was tough for me to write because I had to use my, I had to drink a martini or two. (laughs) Fantasize, but anyway. um, There's a a widow, uh, she's a 65, 66-year-old dermatologist. The young doctor that does the experiments and the clinical research, he's 35, 36, something like that. And she wants to volunteer for the study, so he goes and they have dinner together at her her home. She has an old-fashioned butler. And he's 35, she's 65, let's say. And there's that chemistry there. They're sharp, she's sharp-witted. And and there's there's that subtle chemistry, not necessarily love or passion or sensual, but there's something, there's a connection there. 
and they have a, a dinner, and that sort of connection grows, but not to the point of sensuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she volunteers for the study. Jumping ahead in time, uh, they meet in Rome. She takes the, uh, for a weekend in Rome, and he's surprised. He hasn't seen her for months. And there she is. She, she looks beautiful. She's in a dress. She has her fat distribution has changed. Her breasts are full. Her, her wrinkles are gone. She has a light little to her walk. She sees her very, very nice. And so they spend a weekend in Rome and romantic weekend in Rome and uh, it was tough for me to see, you know, you read in women's, I hate to say it, don't get angry at me, you read in women's magazines, you know, that 65-year-old woman, a 35-year-old man is the same as a 65-year-old man and a 35-year-old woman. It ain't. It ain't. Okay? But you'll see a hell of a lot more of it. Uh, when, but that, So that's going to happen to women. In other words, you can expect women that are in the 60s, 70s, and perhaps even 80s. If this thing becomes available, they will feel younger again and be able to go out with younger men. And that's going to reverse roles, you know, usually historically it's the other way around. And, I, and I, how would they interact with each other? What would they say? How would they feel? Is there a long-term relationship? So that's all in the novel. The novel's all about people, how they react to getting young again, mm-hmm. plus the, the intrigue of someone dying. And All right, we've got three minutes to break, so here's what I want to ask, because as I said, I keep coming back to this show being about, you know, really making improvements in your life and giving people strategy, and we'll do this again after the break, but what's one thing you would say to folks right now in their 50s, 60s, maybe late 40s, to maybe not reverse the aging process, but to certainly keep it at bay and to keep those, those cells healthy? Is there something you think we should be doing? Bottom line is, number one, weight. If you look at all the data out there with diet, exercise, and everything, the thing that stands out, the clinical data now, is weight. The heavier you are, the worse off you are. Okay. Your diet, you know, uh, you know, you, if, if your diet's a bad diet, that means you're getting heavy. In other words, it's tough for a vegetarian to get heavy. So diet and obesity are, are connected. But So it's, it's the weight. If you, it's the weight. Everything else, the exercise, we don't know. The recent studies show exercise doesn't prolong life. But you feel good. I exercise. I play the tennis. I climb the mountains. You know, So I, I, I like it. I feel good. And I'm making the assumption that it's good for you. It's good for you mentally. It keeps your weight down. So I, I'm, I'm all for exercise. And that's diet. I, I don't see anything in diet, that, any clinical studies in diet, that makes me want to go this way or that. Well, you know, eat what you want as long as you don't get Within reason, don't get me wrong. As long as you don't get heavy. So I, I see nothing against diet that includes meat, vegetables, et cetera, as long as you don't get heavy. Uh, you know, the, the, the argument for vegetarians, the anti-hamburg argument, the pro-vegetarian argument, that's all. I don't see any data supporting that too much, unless you're obese. Unless you're obese. So that's what I would do. And I would take certain dietary supplements. I would. You want to know what I take? Go ahead. I take, of course, my discovery. I take uh, a, a gram. That's a thousand milligrams of carnitine a day. And wait, is that one pill or two pills? Two pills. Feeling? Two pills. I have my own special formula. That's what I would recommend people. Five hundred milligrams twice a day. I take four hundred milligrams of magnesium. These are both cardiovascular okay, mm-hmm. and energy. Magnesium is underrated dietary supplement. Uh, and I would, for a woman, I would take two hundred fifty milligrams. A man, I would 
take 400 milligrams once a day, okay? Of magnesium? Right. Uh, make and sure it's carnitine. magnesium, not, not just the salt, not, not 400 milligrams of magnesium chloride, of magnesium itself. Not mm-hmm. It's very tricky in those health food stores. And then and I take a 400 milligram of, uh, of units of vitamin E, okay? I, despite the clinical data, I think that the stuff works. This is all cardiovascular now, mm-hmm. those three. And, and for cancer, there's nothing that I know of, that I know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would, I, would, I used to take a, a multivitamin day, but I can't swallow those damn things anymore. They're too big. Mm-hmm. Because you have nothing to lose and something to gain. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more to Dr. Stephen DeFelice, who is an MD, well-respected physician and medical authority who's made some significant medical discoveries. You can log on to F-I-M-D-E-F-E-L-I-C-E D-E-F-E-L-I-C-E dot org. He's the author of this novel called He Made Them Young Again. And in actuality, he is a researcher. Um, he has had extensive experience researching the possibility of reversing some aspects of the aging process, which he began in 1965. And through that, he's developed this novel, which is all about that, is can we really reverse the hands of time and make people young again? So, folks, um, we are always here on Mondays. Positive Living is here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. You can call us at 866-472-5788-5787 during that time. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com The woman MVP who sets you free with host, entrepreneur, author, motivational speaker, corporate executive, philanthropist, wife, and mother, Luann Mitchell-Halter is an exciting and provocative look at the real world with real exciting guests and real stories of triumph and professionalism with a dash of spice sharing recipes for a better world on all the playing fields of life. Join Luann Mitchell-Halter as she and her guests uncover and expose us to our abilities to create our very own Big League MVP, My Victory Plan, Potential for Greatness. The Woman MVP Who Sets You Free with Luann Mitchell-Halter broadcast each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. The Woman MVP Who Sets You Free. It's time to get off the bleachers, play the game of life, and be the MVP. Hey, Dad. What? Can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. 
The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And we're happy to have you with us. And there is time to call in. You can call us at 866-472-5787. We're here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. My guest today is Dr. Stephen L. DeFelice, MD, well-respected physician and medical authority who's made some significant medical discoveries. He has a novel which is called He Made Them Young Again, and it's very much about the work that he does, which is his extensive research beginning in 1965, researching the possibility of reversing some aspects of the aging process. Welcome back, Dr. DeFelice. All right, let's, um, let me read some things about you that I'd like you to respond to. You coined the term nutraceutical, which is essentially a dietary supplement that has a medical health benefit. Now it's in Webster's Collegiate Dictionary. You also discovered and conducted the first U.S. clinical trial on the natural substance carnitine, both as a nutraceutical and a pharmaceutical, and now carnitine is approved by the FDA. And then the foundation of innovation, Foundation for Innovation in Medicine was established in 1976, which you established because of your experience with carnitine. And it's a nonprofit foundation whose purpose is to accelerate medical discovery by creating more productive clinical research. Let's talk about this. You, you work in public policy. You work with the government in some ways. In terms of your clinical research, where have we come in the last 20 years? Where, where, where have we come and where are we going? And try to keep it hopeful. <laughs> well, sure you know, that. eventually we're, we're going to get the cures. I mean, the technology is booming. The problem has been, and I'm a sort of a, a voice crying in the wilderness, uh, that our policies, our government, is the, is the has, I'll step back. How do you discover insulin works or aspirin works? Okay. I, I ask people. You know, and I never get the, the right answer. You only discover it when you test it in people. That's called clinical research, right? Mm-hmm. I have an idea, and I want to test it in people. If you read about clinical research in the newspaper, it's all about uh, Vioxx. It's about a gene death at the University of Pennsylvania. It's all about fear, fear, fear. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we've put up so many barriers to the government because the FDA and the federal government and the they, they Increased the cost so much that I can't simply do a clinical study. I, when I studied carnitine, I was a young doctor in 1965. I had to go to Yugoslavia, and I did a study at the University of Ljubljana in Yugoslavia because I couldn't afford it here. I had a dollar in the bank. I had to, I couldn't insure myself. So all the bright young doctors can't afford to do clinical studies with their ideas. So who does it? The big drug companies. I'm all for them. Mm-hmm. Are the National Institutes of Health? I'm all for them. Non-imaginative non-imaginative type of clinical research, and the cost is enormous. So we have eliminated all the bright guys and gals in clinical research. With these, uh, I happen to be unique. I'm the only one, I think, who knows how to get around the system because I have so much experience in it. So this is the problem, and yet I've tried my foundation. I spend lots of my own money with public relations firms trying to educate the media to say, hey, stop saying talking about the bad effects of drugs. And also what they say, they mean, 
uh, hopefully we'll have a new uh, drug for diabetes in rats. Oh, a new drug for Alzheimer's. We've a promise, a promise, a promise. Yeah. Where the heck are these promises? I've been reading them since 1965, looking at the media. They never ask why these promises don't come. Why aren't they here? Mm-hmm. You see? Look around. What, what's the big major breakthroughs? Where the hell are they? So about 1976, I started my foundation to educate the Congress, the media, the medical community, that we have to eliminate barriers to clinical research because if I can't study carnitine in the patient, I ain't going to discover it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the problem, there's where, oh, there's a huge blind spot in our culture. We just don't respond to it. Even, even doctors that look at me, you know, clinical, uh, they call it human experimentation. You've got to be careful. Well, you've got to be careful. Uh, what do you got to be careful about? What do you know about it? So you don't have to be that careful about it. Clinical research is relatively safe. But even when it's not safe, I have the right to volunteer. If your father were dying, for say, or my dad were dying from something, and there's a new drug that may help him, I want to volunteer. It's like giving a kidney. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? It's my responsibility, not the government's, not the bioethicists, mm-hmm. not the insurance companies, the litigating lawyers. So what do you think that us, the average person who isn't, you know, on the level that you're on in terms of working in the system, what can we do and what should we do? Well, here's the problem. There is no place, for example, who represents the patient? I mean, people out there, everybody's a patient. If you think you're healthy, you're nuts. The disease is hitting you. Your body happens to be fighting it off for the moment, but it's going to get you. you know I mean, disease processes are going on right now. As you age, you get more disease. There's a correlation between aging genes and disease genes, you see. So the problem is this, that we... If you ask someone the question, who represents the patient, ask the patient. We've never done this. The media hasn't done this. The Congress hasn't done this. No one has done this. I ask the patient, what do you want? The patient says, if I have my disease, get rid of it. If I don't have my disease, I don't want to get it. Prevent it. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's called the prevention and treatment of disease. Correct? That's okay. A. B, how do you do that? By discovering new therapies, by doing research in people. Right? What has our culture done? They've blocked that step. It's a perversion, a perversion. I've gone to Congress. You know, Congress, how many hearings do they have on health? They have a hearing on Medicare. They have a hearing on cost. Oh, generic drugs. Every day I see a damn article on generic drugs. It drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Not one time have they had a hearing on how to accelerate medical discovery. Okay. Which is what the patient wants. Which okay, is what so let's, let's go back, Dr. DeFelice, because what's really important here again, this whole program is geared on positive living. So what? where's the hope? Where can we go? Where, where, the where's hope. the silver lining? Because that's very important. Here's the hope. I mean, okay. But unfortunately, the guy's leaving, but do it right away. Senator Bill Frist, whether you're right? Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, I don't care what you are, you're patient. Senator Bill Frist is the only one that saw my He's an M.D., Majority leader in the Senate. You get a hold of Senator Bill Frist. Senator, he has about three or four months left. Not even a month left. But bottom line, he will get this message out to his his successor. Send him a letter. Say, back up the Felice. It's called the Doctor Nought Act, like astronaut Doctor Nought. What I have proposed that doctors be able to volunteer for clinical research for any disease and any condition. 
without FDA, without anybody getting involved. So if I'm a doctor, I can go to another doctor, say, I volunteer for your study if you have a, an idea how to prevent Alzheimer's or how to treat Alzheimer's, early Alzheimer's, or heart disease, or cancer. I can go right to them. And mm-hmm. many <laughs> medical discovery will accelerate tremendously within the next five or ten years. Mm-hmm. That's well, that's what's act. most important. Go ahead. So get the fresh. They support the doctor not act. Please support the doctor on that or to your successor who will succeed him. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's important then that we not only support, but should we be writing letters? I mean, should we yes. be doing these things that are out? It's got to come from the patients. It's got to come from the audience. Mm-hmm. It won't come from the media. It won't come from the foundations that represent patients that are too political. Mm-hmm. And they're not political. They're just naive. Uh, so what you're saying is we're doing very important work, and you see hope for the future. Oh, but it yes. could be accelerated as the patient writes to their Congress people or the senators and says, here are things that we think. We, we have the work. technology out there right now, I can tell you, okay. to hit a lot of diseases. Right okay. now, we can't get them to patients because of the FDA, the litigating lawyers, the mm-hmm. And Dr. Not Act is the, is the only way to get around that. All right, now say that, that again, doctor. Like an astronaut, a doctor not. And, and you go, can. and how would you do that on the website? Would you go to www? Uh, you can go to my website, but you can go to Fris's website. My website tells you how to get a hold of Fris. And okay, conference. and that's F-I-M-D-F-I-L-I-C-E D-E-F-I-L-I-C-E no, no, dot org. F-I-M-D-E-F-E-L-I-C-E dot org, O-R-G. D-E-F-E-L-I-C-E dot org. All right. So it's right on there. You can see right on the home page. So what you're really saying is that the technology is here. You do see hope for the future in terms of, well, sort of the anti-aging process. But things just need to be moved along quicker in terms of what's happening in the government. Right. The old are taking it. The old timers are taking it. See, the old timers are motivated. Motivate yourself because you're the ones mm-hmm. with diseases. You know, mm-hmm. Get on the damn computer. Mm-hmm. Get on the telephone. Get a hold of Frizz. Okay. Support All right. the doctor. All right, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk too about diseases that affect over older people: heart disease, Alzheimer's. Um, you know, the, the major diseases that are really affecting us, and maybe some of the things that you can address around this through the research that you've done. Okay, and maybe talking a little more about your novel, which is very interesting, called "He Made Them Young Again," about turning back the biological hands of time and scientifically reversing the age and the elderly and making them young again. And so that's what we're talking about. That's your novel based on the research that you've done over the years. My guest today is Dr. Devin C. Felice, MD, well-respected physician and medical authority, who has been a researcher since 1965 in the possibility of reducing, reversing some of the aspects of the aging process. You can log on to F-I-M-D-E-F-E-L-I-C-E, F-I-M-D-Felice.org. All right, stay tuned, folks. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. 
Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. West Coast Business Review and host Amy Campbell presents Show Me the Business. Each week, you'll hear exciting guests give you vital information on advancing your business and career. Learn how others have built their empires, from best-selling authors to renowned entertainers. Listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific time on VoiceAmericaRadio.com. Visit our website at www.WestCoastBusinessReview.com. West Coast Business Review's Show Me the Business, connecting you to the business world. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, echopreneur, author, and green living maven, brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily. From hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products, get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, broadcast each Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Live in the green life for a human, healthy, and planet-friendly lifestyle. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. As I always say, I'm so happy to be part of Voice America because Voice America believes that the Internet is the future, the future is now, and so do I, and that's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive strategies to really live the kind of life that you want to live. And I have a great guest on for you today. His name is Dr. Dr. Stephen DeFelice. MD, well-respected physician and medical authority who's done tremendous research in the whole realm of the possibility of reversing some of the aspects of the aging process. And he is, he's been doing this for many, many years. He's developed and coined the term nutraceutical. He discovered and conducted the first U.S. clinical trial on carnitine, and he's the founder of the Foundation for the Innovation in Medicine. Welcome back, Dr. DeFelice. Okay. Um, you designed the NREA, which is the Nutraceutical Research and Education Act, whose purpose is to encourage clinical research. Talk a little bit more about that as positively as possible. Bottom line is very little clinical research, like we spoke about, is done on dietary supplements because mm-hmm. why? They're not patented. And without the, with the tremendous cost, here we go to my doctor and all thing, with the tremendous cost to do clinical studies, Nobody does them because without a patent, which ensures you, you own the product,
that's why you have very, very few clinical research studies to show that dietary supplements or nutraceuticals work. What I did with Congressman Frank Pallone here in New Jersey, he introduced the act, I designed the act that says, hey, let's give an incentive to drug companies uh, or health food companies or any company, sort of a patent, uh, that if they do the clinical research to show that something prevents or helps the Alzheimer's patient, they get a little patent on it. It's very complicated economics, okay? And that would stimulate companies to do clinical research to show that these products work, not the gurus. And I, they, they, by the way, they're good gurus too. They're, they're bad gurus and good gurus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Frank Pallone, the congressman, introduced that in the Congress. It's based on clinical research. My theme, no interest. No interest by the industry, no interest by the foundations, no interest because of that blind spot, the clinical research. But time has changed. I, I, I thought of that act in 1989. Times have changed. I've met with Congressman Pallone before, and he said, hey, more and more companies are doing clinical research on their dietary supplements because of you, and uh, we may introduce the, the Nutraceutical Research and Education Act, or the NREA, back into Congress soon, which would stimulate companies to do clinical studies, which would really benefit everybody out there. So, but here we go again, the same thing with the Dr. Nordak. But that's good news. There's a chance that might happen. There's a chance mm-hmm. that might happen. Mm. All right, let's talk a little bit more about your book, He Made Them Young Again. And what do you feel is the positive message of your book? I mean, this whole idea of reversing the aging process. That's the good news. That's going to happen because the demand is so great, and a lot of companies are getting interested in drug companies using pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. single pharmaceuticals to stop cell death. It's called apoptosis. Cells die. We don't mm-hmm. know why they die. What I'm saying, in my way, is it's kind of primitive. But I'm saying let's give energy back to the cells to keep them from dying. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other, on the other hand, there may be a specific gene or specific protein that if they hit it. Uh, you can prevent cells from dying. Theoretically, you can live forever. Mm-hmm. In other words, the reason why we die and age and die is because our cells die. Mm-hmm. Now, theoretically, if we can stop them from dying, why can't we live forever? Mm-hmm. And that's not far-fetched unless there's something we don't know. Mm-hmm. Listen, God has willed us to die. You know? and, uh, and you're saying the research is there to support that. Yes. That you, that you definitely yeah. can could reverse that, and it would be from taking certain... Supplements or it, 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 here's what here's what I'm doing. Uh, you, you give the growth hormone and the male hormone testosterone, mm-hmm. and then you give the supplements. You, you you create a need for the cells to take them up. They reject mm-hmm. everything else. You know, dietary right. supplements are not going to do it unless the cells take them in, mm-hmm. and well, they will take them in if you stimulate them. What do you feel about foods? Now I want to say something here. One of the things. In your bio is that you wrote a number of medical and health books and a novel. Your first novel was the Old Italian Neighborhood Values. So here's here's my question on that. You know, we hear so much about the kinds of foods that we eat in Europe, and particularly in, in Italy and and in France, where you know we're using natural foods and wonderful oils and olive oil. Do you feel that eating um, some more natural foods will also help us for reverse the aging process? <sighs> Okay, that's a no. That's you always put me in the corner. That's a no. I would say we have nothing to lose. Is, what's the evidence? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the evidence is pretty reasonable mm-hmm. that it might, but not a big hit. Not a big hit. Uh, but, um, yes, the evidence is reasonable. And what
what are you saying, an extra 10 years? Although, you know, you, well, and even, even if you look at the quality of life, Dr. DeFelice, when you think about European cultures, the way they eat and the kinds of foods they eat, they're not eating low-calorie foods, but they're eating, you know, foods that are, that are high in antioxidants and high in, in you know, in things that, that are really good for us. Well, theoretically, if you eat what nature has deemed us to eat mm-hmm. through evolution, or if you eat artificial foods, in their high right. you know, manufactured foods and things like that, sure, sure, mm-hmm. you you would go with nature, uh, and I would do it. I would just say I wouldn't count heavily on it, but I would do it. It's it's like a Pascal's wish. What do you got to lose? Uh, I believe. By the way, I do believe in it. I do believe mm-hmm. in it. But so, I, that's not the big hit, though. It's really not the big hit. Go ahead. First of all, the data on Europeans is not so great. I mean, uh, you got to be careful how you look at that data. We're doing pretty well in our country, and you know we're eating pretty well. And uh, oh, you, know, you hear about the bad ha- food habits, the obese kids. It's mm-hmm. big time. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm worried about the kids, right? Because your heart disease starts when you're young, and you know most people don't know that. All right. So we've got a few minutes left. So here's what I want to ask you: A, your advice to parents about positive living and living a long life. And your advice almost to every age group going up. Let's start with parents for children. What's your advice? You know, it's tough to control them these days, isn't it? The bottom line regarding eating, and you know, parents aren't eating with their kids anymore. But you, 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 you don't let them get heavy. Don't okay. let them get heavy. That's keep your one. weight in check. Very important. That's it. And, you know, so, the exercise okay. thing, I'm all for it. A lot of kids are sedentary. you okay. got to limit the time in the computer. It's tough to do. The yeah. parents are out. They're on upstairs. It's tough. There was a my... program on that this morning on one of the morning shows, all about that, uh, What we how we have to get our kids away from these sedentary activities, get them exercising and eating smaller quantities. And if yeah. you, you can do it by giving in groups, you know, the group of kids. It's like mm-hmm. an organized thing, uh, you know, where you have parents and parental supervision, but they have to do it. They have to do it. All right, let's move up now. What advice do you give to folks in midlife for their own health? Well, with midlife, you're starting to go to to, uh, heart disease. As far as dietary supplements are concerned, the the best evidence for for protection is in the heart area. In the cancer area, in the Alzheimer's area, there's some evidence that dietary supplements can help. In the heart disease, there's no doubt about it. Heart disease area I would go with the carnitines, the magnesiums, and the CoQ tens. In the cancer area, the, the problem with the cancer area is so complicated. I would go with mixtures, not with like a, a beta carotene, one kind of thing, or one antioxidant. You do a mixture, and I, what I would do is go to a nutritionist who would put together because nature a meal is a mixture. People forget that we don't do single studies with the beta carotene and cancer. What a waste of time! You do it combinations. The meals. The greatest combination in the world it keeps you alive, right. and the dietary supplements work that way. They work in okay. combos. You don't give them single. So go to a nutritionist, and also for Alzheimer's, go to a nutritionist, and they'll, they'll structure a theoretical mixture that you know there's a high probability it's going to help. Okay. All right, Dr. D. Felice, we're going to have to close. I really want to thank you for coming on the program today, and I want to let people know how to get a hold of your book, and and also they can on your website they can write to you. Correct. Right. The most All inexpensive right. way regarding the book, go to authorhouse.com, authorhouse.com. Right. And yeah. your website is F-I-M-D-F-E-L-I-C-E dot org. And if we want to know about reversing the aging process or things that we can take, certainly write to you because you're involved in public policy as well. 
Thank you so much. Stay on the line. <laughs> was please. I positive enough? Yes, you certainly <laughs> were. You gave us <laughs> some great tips. Sometimes reality is brutal, but I think well, uh, that's why we do positive living. So we call, enough of the other. We got to do clinical research, guys. Call, uh, your, call Fritz. Call your okay. congressman. Doctor Thank you. Thank no, you so much. No, Stay on no, the no. line. Thank you. Okay. Next week, my guest is Eileen Dillon. She's a full power living internet radio host. She's internationally known author, professional speaker, and coach. Eileen's work is to awaken the world to the power and importance of emotions, and she's the author of Exploring Anger with Your Child. She discusses No More Columbines, Development of Heart and Character in Our Nation's Children. All right, folks, until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. I love you all. It's an honor and pleasure to be with you each week. Go to my website, raskinresources.com. You can listen to all of the shows that are archived on my program and that are archived on my site, all the shows on voiceamerica.com are archived on my site and on the Voice America site. And my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, is in its second edition and will be out soon. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great day. listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com.